we're here. Yep. We're out here. We're in this. It's the last week of Spooktober. How do you feel about that? Honestly, I hate to say this because Don't we're not say done recording then. yet. <laughs> we're not done recording these things yet. This was pretty easy. Uh, this is, I think we've cracked the code. I think we've cracked the code. Several like, years in, we figured out the best way to do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. The, the costume picks, particularly the pet costume picks really helped with the whole like will to live thing. Yeah. So yeah. that helped. Yeah. If you have, um, costumes, fun costumes that you had when you were a child or, uh, pet costumes at any age, send them to us because they're really fueling the fire. Yeah, for us or or as adults, like yeah, we're not we are any not fun costume. I like. Yeah, I mean, we got a great one from I want to say it was from Sarah, who was like, "Oh yeah, my boyfriend and I, I dressed up like a doe and he dressed up like a pickle." Do you okay. get it? Yes. Do you understand? Do you, I do. do you I've seen that costume joke? before. Yeah. Oh. See, I hadn't, and I was like, that's amazing. I've seen someone uh, dress as um, a deer, and then um, the uh, female of the uh, partnership dresses as a car with the, the headlights, <gasps> as in your boobs. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I meant, never mind. So when you're living in the middle of the wilderness, as I once did, your thought may go to not deer in the headlights, but deer under car. <laughs> and I oh. was like, oh no, that's so morbid. No. Deer no, 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 no. As in boobs. Yes. That's but. a fun one. Yeah. Maybe I'll but. do that because, Michael, if you're listening, which I know you're probably not because spooky shit like this ain't for you, it's not good unless it's real. I, I got, we got three episodes into The Watcher and Michael, the series, and Michael yeah. was very into it. And then. And then it became too real. Me and my big mouth said that it actually happened because they were like, where is Westfield, New Jersey? That sounds familiar. And they grew up in New Jersey. And I was like, all right, gigs up, jigs up, whatever the phrase is. I'm like, hey, listen, so uh, this actually this happened. Is, this is real. This this happened a lot. of They're taking a lot of creative license. It's a Ryan Murphy production, but it did happen. And it, that's the story of how we almost made it. No, nope. we got like halfway through. And if you want to hear the real story of The Watcher, we mm. talk about it in uh, an episode of this podcast. I don't remember which number because we have covered a lot of shit. Because we, this is currently 263, episode 263 of the podcast, which us. is crime culture. That is us. Hey. And I mean, though, fun fact, and I said to Michael, like, we did get a tweet from Derek Broaddus. Yeah. Regarding that. Like, and yep. I know that we've talked about it before, but that for those you who know, are he's curious, got a Google alert set up. I mean, I fucking would. Yeah. Why not? Why not? See but, if people um, are talking shit about you. Yeah. And we did not. We are. We are very much hashtag no, team I was, broadus, I but. mean, I was a little skeptical. I mean, I wasn't. I it, it was too much. It was too. It's like, still pretty specific. weird, but it's still too. It's still too specific. Like. Yeah, there's I no. Yeah, I haven't finished uh, the show yet, but yeah, it's a Ryan Murphy production, so take that with a uh, jar of salt. But we've got Bobby Cannavale, we've got Naomi Watts, yeah. we've got fucking 
goddess queen Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. We've got Haley hosting Crime Culture with Caitlin. That's me and you. See, I'm working it in there. I'm peppering right. it in, sprinkling and it in. And you know what? Uh, a scaredy cat like Michael can listen to today's episode because today mm-hmm. we are talking about the night before Halloween. Now, before also, I dive just into this. so that I don't end up divorced, Michael's not a scaredy cat. Michael just doesn't like it when it's like real life. Okay. <laughs> Well, this Michael is real doesn't life. like real life. Michael Michael watched It Follows at 3 a.m. with no emotional scars, but this is this is um, uh, real life. But it's more uh, mischief and mayhem. Yeah. So, yeah. did you growing up um, celebrate the night before Halloween? And what did you call it if you did? Haley, you and I both know how i was raised do you think i celebrated mischief well, did, night well you did people in your community celebrate oh hell yeah but i wasn't a fun kid i was the kid that was locked upstairs all right well <laughs> it, you'll find it alarming that lo- most of the country does oh. not know what the night before halloween is and what it entails really yes we'll talk we'll get into it but first I want to talk about the history of the holiday. So um, we're going to use, we'll get into what I called it, but we're going to call it mischief night. Yes. Just as a a broad term. So one of the oldest, yes, mischief and mayhem. Mm -hmm. One of the oldest uses of the term mischief night was in Oxford, England in 1790 when oh, fellows wow. yes fellows of st john's college studied a headmaster who had encouraged a school play which ended in quote an ode to fun which praises children's tricks on mischief night in most approving terms end quote mm. uh however at that time this mischief night was not a reference to october 30th the night before halloween instead that mischief night was the day before may day uh, and that's when young people mm-hmm. played practical jokes, such as they switch shop signs, which is fun. That's cute. Um, overturned water tubs, which is a waste of resources. <laughs> and uh, trapping people inside their homes, which sounds like a crime, like a real crime. That- <laughs> I- I'm just trying to understand, like... When we say trapping people I don't inside know. their homes, like, I, are we just, like, stacking shit in front of the door and being all goofy? Or are we, like... Doing a purge situation, like, if you come out, you're ended. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to I would like to understand. And, on, and did you say the age range of the people participating in this? No, just young people. Yeah, because, I mean, like, yeah, children probably can't barricade you in your home, but teens yeah. sure as fuck can. Yeah. Just by standing in front of your door, they can. Terrifying. Yes. Um, Other British mentions of Mischief Night also might refer to November 4th, which is the eve of Guy Fawkes Day, which Mm. for U.S.-based people that didn't have a lot of uh, international history, it commemorates a failed explosive attack and assassination attempt of King James I at the House of Lords in 1605. That's Mm. what Guy Fawkes Day is. Um, In 1885, a... Lancashire Bulletin noted that as part of the pranks, quote, the youths take upon themselves to remove many of the gates belonging to private residences. They seem to glory in the sport and appear to think of that they have the perfect right to do so through custom, end quote. And um, I have a um, pop culture reference to this version of Mischief Night later on. But oh. 
that is widely referred to as the origin of the tradition, um, or the first mention of the name at least, but the tradition itself, the act of causing trouble, um, may go back even further. And in her 2012 dissertation at the University of Bristol about the history of Halloween in Northern England, which sounds amazing, uh, Karen Allen writes that an autobiography of a labor advocate and writer, Samuel Banford, who was born in 1788, includes a description of Mischief Night that mentions pranks like pulling up fence posts and tipping over horse carts. The response oh. to the pranks... Bamford describes indicates that these activities were likely already a tradition at that point and that they were treated about the same as today's pranks are uh, with a mixture of mild annoyance and acceptance. So people aren't loving it, but they're like, all right, well, it's a tradition. Like, it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do to stop this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it happens. Kids will be kids. kids I was going to say they do be being kids, though. They do be doing that. So references to the Halloween-related tradition of Mischief Night started appearing in the U.S. newspapers around the 1930s and 40s, with celebrants apparently hoping to separate the wholesome ritual of dressing up and collecting candy um, from the custom of causing mayhem. And some argue that tensions arising from the Great Depression, Black Tuesday was right before Halloween on October 29th, 1929, um, and the threat of war encouraged both the trend of vandalism and the separate desire for a more lighthearted tradition. People were going through so much at this point in time, they just needed to, like, have some sort of expression to, like, let out their frustrations and a night of causing mild mayhem could be that night. Yeah, the purge hadn't been invented yet. No. And yeah. pulling up fence posts, uh, that also has to take a lot of strength. Yeah. That's something that people did and just seems impractical. Like, why would you do that? Get your exercise. Although That's I why. believe I believe Elliot had a friend that pulled a full, like, stop sign out of the ground oh at one point. God. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not during Mischief Night, just, just being a person, a drunk person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so a 1937 article in the Daily Boston Globe describes children, quote, ringing false alarms, setting fires, breaking windows, and in general, doing their best to annoy people, end quote. Okay. Um, yeah. That, along with disappeared horse and wagons, uh, leaves dumped on, long, uh, on lawns and ringing doorbells and running away, um... On that October 30th, children participated in a fruit and vegetable battle termed the Battle of the Charles, which required authorities to come and break it up. <gasps> I They're mean, just tossing rotten veggies at each other. That's a, that's a sign of a good, of a good, like, I don't want to call it a snowball fight, but like. That's an outdoor food fight. Yeah. I you mean, know. come on. They, they've made movies out of less. Yeah. Come on, man. So the holiday, like I had said, was mostly an annoyance to local communities um, and required police attention irritatingly often. In 1975, the Hartford Current mentioned, quote, the destruction of private property cannot and will not be tolerated. Parents are urged to warn their children of the consequences of, of such behavior, end quote. But sometimes it went beyond mere annoyance with the um unofficial introduction of something called devil's night so 
Unlike the largely harmless fun celebrated on Mischief Night, Devil's Night skewed closer to the British version of Guy Fawkes Night, which included setting a lot of bonfires. And these were largely harmless at first, but by the 1970s, dozens and sometimes hundreds of fires erupted in the Detroit area and um, on that night every single year. And um, it's poor, probably more accurately described as arson instead of just uh, some lighthearted fun. Eh, what's in, a bit of arson amongst friends? Well, huh, in 1994, <laughs> Detroit's mayor vowed to stop uh, all of the fires and declared that the night before Halloween would be now called Angels Night. Angels mm-hmm. Night was sort of a policing program involving curfews, citizen patrols, and a great deal of stop and frisk activities. Well, and uh, I mean, I'm sure that they were like, okay, we called it like mischief night, what have you. Devil's Night, yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like people ask, like people act mischievous, they act like devils. So in theory, you call it Angels Night, what are we going to have? A bunch of fucking cherubs running around. Yeah, I guess. Well, the 1994 attempt to stop the destruction of Devil's Night was actually not the first. There was also an attempt in 1976 and throughout the 1980s. Regarding the 1983 curfews, the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, denounced the policy as racially biased and an attempt to control non-white Detroiters. As the ACLU reports about one arrest incident, quote, It was clear through the ACLU report that these teenagers were in the arcade and not causing disruption, violence, or destruction. They were not approached until after their curfew expired, at which time the police arrested them along with another 25 graduates, all of which were African-American teenagers out past this regulation time, end quote. So I think the police were also kind of just using it as a uh, blanket let's just get all these people who we think are problems off of the street when clearly these these kids were in an arcade they weren't out causing like any problems yeah so i for one am shocked right that sounds like nothing that they yeah not fun um, the ACLU also describes some of the attitudes towards Devil's Night, saying, quote, Devil's Night antics characterized the more common fear amongst the citizens of Detroit, which was rogue juvenile delinquency exacerbated by under-policing, a mob mentality, and access to weapons or other dangerous objects, end quote. Both Philadelphia and Detroit were, by the 1980s, predominantly black, with white populations having left the urban centers following World War II in patterns of white flight. That is an entirely separate podcast that we Another, could cover. Uh, yeah, a whole yeah. other layer of fucked upness there. Um, but it's worth noting that in the white suburbs, Mischief Night, although not embraced by all, was largely tolerated. Uh, like I said, it was just treated as a mild annoyance. And so this was not the case in the cities. By the end of the 2010s, however, however, the destructive elements of Devil's Night in Detroit had largely ceased to exist. In 2018, formal support of Angel's Night was ended with city resources being instead allocated to host neighborhood Halloween parties, which I think is a much better idea. Like, host a party, get everyone in one area to do something celebratory. Goofy together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Safe, but goofy. Like, yeah, give people... Something else to do. Yes, exactly. Um, 
So Devil's Night me. <laughs> yeah, right. Devil's Night 2018 recorded a total of five structure fires with only four on the night before. Devil's Night 2021 saw the lowest totals in multiple decades with there only being three structure fires recorded. And who knows if they were like set by somebody like like quote unquote celebrating Devil's Night or it was just happened it, to be. Yeah, though I out of curiosity, do you have the numbers for 2019? I do not. The uh, article I said how only much said of that can be attributed to the pandemic COVID. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but going back to England, mischief night pranks in uh, November have decreased largely as Guy Fawkes Night has declined in popularity, but they do continue, especially in Northern England. Only now they're tied to Halloween in the same way as they are kind of the states, and it's kind of an article that I read said it's kind of an export that has been re-imported. So it was something that started in the UK that came to the US, evolved, and now it's back in the UK as we have uh, kind of reworked it, which is interesting. Yeah. And now we're going to get into some of the names. We've already mentioned Mischief Night and Devil's mm -hmm. Night. Mm -hmm. But according to a survey published in 2013 by Joshua Katz from the North Carolina State University, most Americans, 70%, have no word or knowledge of the night before Halloween. I don't know that I'm buying this. I feel like they're all having a party without us and they don't want us to know. I don't know. But it's pretty crazy. That's it's the point. The survey found that Mischief Night is only the second most popular response, coming in at just under 11% of respondents. Devil's Night was the most recognized with just a little over 11% using that name. Small portions of the country labeled it Cabbage Night with 1.6%, Devil's Eve, 0.78%, Gate Night, 0.39%, Goosey Night, 0.37%, and Trick Night, 0.33%. So Cabbage Night is what I grew up with. Yeah, I, 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 I hadn't. We heard had of mentioned it until this. Yeah, you. we had mentioned this before on like yes. a, a couple of different podcasts in passing. But Cabbage Night was definitely how I I had heard Mischief Night also. Hmm. Uh, every once in a while, like someone new in town would call it Mischief Night, <laughs> and then we beat it out of them. No, yeah, right. Um, it's definitely Cabbage Night. And in some articles I read, they said that the term was also used in small pockets of the world, including rural Niagara Falls, Ontario, hmm. Northern Kentucky. Upstate New York, Newport, Rhode Island, Cincinnati, Ohio, Western Massachusetts, specifically F Framingham, I think it Framingham. is. Framingham. I think, yeah. I think, I think, because we used to drive through it. Yes. And some areas of Vermont and New Hampshire. If you are from any of those areas and you call it Cabbage Night, please let me know. Because lots of the articles that I read said it is specifically several towns in Bergen County, New Jersey. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. Well, and... I wonder, I, I wonder if the root of it is because of that great big food fight you mentioned. Well, that happened in Massachusetts. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder um, if that's the root of it. Well, I have, I have two kind of things of, like, maybe why it's called Cabbage Night. Oh, I can't wait for um, this. So one thing that I read was that in the 1950s and 60s, there was a custom of raiding local gardens for leftover rotted cabbages and hurling them around the neighborhood. Which is, I guess, kind of... It wasn't that specific yeah. food fight, but it... But sure, whatever. It works. Um, another place said that the name goes back even farther, that in a Scottish tradition, girls would look closely at cabbages from their neighbor's gardens to learn about their future husbands. 
Um, it wasn't said whether the traits of the cabbage were positive or negative. This gives me like reading tea leaves vibes. Sort but, of. Like they're doing it wrong. It's like, it's okay, kinda, we can't get a hold of tea leaves. So we're going to use cabbage leaves. It's like cottage core witchy. And I kind of like it. I mean, yeah. But again, it's cabbage. Yeah. Like it's. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, Though, if anybody wants a good cabbage recipe, I got you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but again, cabbage night is like my my fave. If anybody else uses that phrase, please let me know. I definitely need to hear people sounding off with cabbage night. Um, but some of the other names, like I mentioned, gate night, that's primarily used in the Midwest. Um, okay. And this is where livestock was let loose to roam from open gates. <laughs> um of course cool uh, but, but also, also checks out checks out but also i had mentioned in uh, a quote from one of the british papers that uh the the youth took it upon themselves to remove many of the gates belonging to private residences so i don't know if oh. that also has anything to do with it yeah i mean gates um, are involved yeah maybe they maybe they also evolved with it like they were like hey Maybe. you know what livestock gates not far enough we Maybe. gotta up the ante this year we're taking uh, whole ass gates from whole ass people yeah um uh also places that i heard also use the name gate night was uh pl- parts of new hampshire mm-hmm. west kootenay in british columbia Can't help uh you. vancouver island winnipeg thunder bay ontario bay city michigan uh rockland county new york and parts of North and South Dakota. So if you use Canadian friends, right? If you use gate night, <laughs> let me know. Also, uh, a Canadian one in Quebec. Apparently, they call it Mat Night, and this is where one people tea or two? one T. They would okay. uh, they would swap doormats from house to house. Which oh okay, okay weird. No Matthews sure. were harmed in the making of this night. No. Um, there's also moving night, apparently, in Baltimore, Maryland. There's a custom of exchanging or stealing pe- people's outdoor furniture. Oh, I thought it was going to be, like, houses, in which case I was like, hmm, moving to Maryland. Squatters' yeah, right? rights, bitches. Uh, but also, outdoor furniture can get really fucking expensive. Like, outdoor don't furniture do that. is really fucking expensive. Right? Like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, mm. Not or, cool. or at least, like, you know, be goofy in other ways. Like, stack the outdoor furniture. Turn yeah. it all upside down. Move it from one side of the house to the other. Put it on oh, the roof. We'll talk about uh, different things you can do on... With outdoor furniture? No, on just... Our, on our interior on design, our, exterior design, I guess, podcast. <laughs> exterior design podcast. <laughs> um, we'll talk about different Mischief Night activities. But um, Mischief Night is known in Yorkshire... Uh, England as mischievous night. Oh god damn it! Or the or Kim, the what short, are y'all doing over there? The shortened version is chevious night. Oh, that's cute. I like that. There's also Miggy night, mm. Tic Tac night, like the mints. I don't know. Trick night, which is fine. Yeah. Mickey night, like the mouse. I guess my favorite though is corn night. It's got the juice. Corn night. Can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Um, yeah, and this is uh, the the November 4th version, the okay. night before Bonfire Night. Um, in some areas of Yorkshire, it's said that it um, it's extremely popular amongst 13-year-olds. 
Um, and they kind of treat it as like a coming of age type Huge. ceremony thing. Yeah. Love that. Um, another article I read said in and around the city of Liverpool, it is known as Mizzy Night, M-I-Z-Z-Y. Hmm. Um, so that's just another weird name for it, but I love yeah, all these sure. weird names. I'm down, yeah. So modern day Mischief Night activities, uh, you could find yourself toilet papering yards and trees and bushes and just anything that happens to be around. Um, powder bombing and egging cars. Not cool. Uh, no. Egging cars is not great for the cars. No. Uh, us, personally, as kids, we never carried eggs or toothpaste because a lot of people did that. That oh. they would throw the toilet paper over the yep. um, the telephone lines. And, and the you, trees. The car, yes, but the cars would have to drive through it. Mm. And they would soak the ends in, like, uh, or they'd, they'd put toothpaste all over the ends of the toilet paper. So when you drove through it, the toilet the toothpaste went all over your cars. What the fuck do you live in a hotbed for geniuses? Like, we didn't have any of that. Uh, we always carried, personally, we carried a ton of toilet paper and my dad would take, we would ca- carry shaving cream. Yep. I was, yep. Shaving cream is not great to also get on cars. So like yeah. we never did it on cars, but my dad would always burn the ends of the shaving cream. So it would shoot out like silly oh. strength <laughs> instead of I just like dad. foaming in like a, a little puddle. Oh, that's um, cute. We did, yeah. we did silly. Well, I say we, as in like the youths, I was not among them. Of course I was not allowed to have fun. Yeah. Um, they did silly string. Mm-hmm. Um, no shaving cream, though. Well, I shouldn't say that. The shaving cream was not a popular one. Oh, ketchup was a big popular one around us, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, ketchup wasn't a big thing, but uh, what do you call it? Eggs were, like, there were actually, I want to say this had to do with Mischief Night. Um, in the city closest to us, there was actually a year where people, kids, presumably youths, um, mm-hmm egged this house that these two like little old ladies lived in and they used a bunch of different cleaning products to clean the eggs and the fumes killed them and (gasps) it made like yeah it made like the paper because it was like just i forget what they they, like they like combined bleach and something i don't remember oh and it made like a noxious and it made a noxious (gasps) gas that literally killed them and that's terrifying it, it was just like a whole a whole fucking thing but um yeah there was the tp there was the the mailboxes kids would take bats to a mailbox just drive around and just play like yeah that I don't one's know, not baseball cool either boxes and knock them off that was like the bane of my father's existence for so long um the youths and the mailboxes yeah people would like smash um, like jack-o'-lanterns and stuff cars. i again it's the royal we i was yeah not allowed to have fun um egging of the houses egging of the cars ding dong ditch yeah um, i have that in here um i'm trying to uh, think I in think that was the it. uk but apparently the, the toilet paper was a huge one like yeah oh, to- toilet papering of course but apparently in the uk they call ding dong ditch knock knock ginger i mean they do have a thing about gingers over there don't they <laughs> i guess i don't know it's weird kim um turn into like our our one vocal uk listener i'm like hey um so uh, another article i read said that um occasionally people would be spray painting uh things which is not cool that's true that's not cool just silly string it um and another article i read not silly string either silly string is apparently no good because oh really it like 
it like hardens and that's apparently really tough to uh, remove or something. Like I don't remember what the deal was, but apparently silly string was not it. Yeah. Um another article I read that immediately brought back like just visceral memories of childhood. Do you remember forking yards? I'm sorry. Do you remember forking that you would take a bunch of like plastic forks and stick them in people's lawns and then they'd wake up and there'd be like 500 forks like in their lawn? Where the fuck did you live? Like, no, Do you know I don't remember. Any- f- no, because it didn't happen well, near yeah, me. But did anyone remember forking? No, I remember pinking. What is pinking? So pinking was a fundraiser that like oh, the, the yuppies flamingos? all did where you would put a flock of flamingos. We called it flocking. Yeah. So, yeah, we called it pinking. And you would put basically for those who don't know and are wondering what the fuck we're talking about. Um in suburbia like everybody's worst nightmare is those tacky pink flamingos in their yard so people would put a fuck ton of them and be like okay you have to pay this amount of money if you want it you're being your yard is being held hostage by pink flamingos basically and they're like you have to pay this amount if you want the flamingos removed and you've got to pay this amount if you want them them given to somebody else you want them going to somebody else yeah um because i know that um my mom was in charge of that fundraiser one year and everybody got so fed up that like a bunch of people apparently pooled their money and had it to get fo- it to stop. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> our, our yard had it for like two weeks and we were on vacation. Amazing. And yeah, it was great. Like apparently our neighbor got really pissed and was like out there with a bat. Like Whatever. it was like a whole thing. Yeah. Whatever, it was a whole dude. fucking My mom thing. has, uh, I think she has like three or four, um flamingos on the lawn right now that are zombies oh my god i love it they're like black and they have like blood dripping from uh, their mouths they're funny i love your mom um but yeah forking just brought back just like intense memories speaking of intense if anybody hears crashing behind me it's, it's felix a, is acting out a large cat jumping on the desk just showing off his tush and yep i see him sure everybody sees butthole. it yeah just absolute speaking it's you know yeah that's actually a great point felix you need to wait until next sunday yeah leave your mischief at the door all right yeah also i think um maybe due to covid there's going to be no more um tp'ing because people are so (laughs) precious about their toilet paper now stockpiling it no that's going to be a whole new thing as you break in and you steal the toilet paper from the people stockpiling it maybe yeah um um, but anyway, so in New Orleans from 2014 to 2018, Mischief Night involved a series of unruly parade-like riots. According mm. to participants, the Mischief Night Cruise, K-R-E-W-E-S, followed uh, in New Orleans Carnival's century-old tradition of walking parades, most of which take place in the lead-up to Mardi Gras. That's where like, you yeah. would re- remember them from. So like that. it mixed um mischief and mayhem as we've been saying and it involved thematic floats and costumes as well as targeted vandalism and once again fires uh the targets of the vandalism yeah yeah the targets of the vandalism attacks and arson have included the police bystanders and just random properties and when asked in an interview from 2017 how mischief night in new orleans fits into the context of carnivals a parader replied quote our carnival tradition are those that actually want to turn the world upside down end quote uh after a parade through downtown in 2016 saw bonfires in the street 
police cars hit with paint and a now removed white supremacist monument chipped away at with a sledgehammer. Another participant wrote, quote, there is no longer a middle ground that's been seized for luxury condos. The choice is stark. We either collectively build a more combative spiritual practice or we collude in seeding our ritual spaces of encounter to the oppressors, end quote. Damn. Damn. <laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty deep for like a night of frivolity. Yeah, I I was like that arguably too deep. Yeah. Like I don't think um, it's that deep. I yeah. don't think kids are that deep. But in good old Queens, New York, oh, uh, Cabbage Night has included throwing rotten fruit at neighbors, cars, and buses. Children and teenagers filled eggs with <gasps> Nair hair remover and throw them at people. That wasn't a gasp. I just, you just unlocked a memory for me. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and in the mid-1980s, garbage was set on fire and cemeteries were set ablaze. Not cool. Not cool, but that reminds me that our mischief nights also entailed smashing pumpkins, not the band, and um, tipping over people's trash cans if, like, it was, like, trash night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so just, like, you know, we didn't have cows, so trash cans had to do. My crew... Um, just spilling um, it everywhere. My crew for uh, Cabbage Your Night... gang. My gang. Um, <laughs> we would go down and... Um, and trash every dead end because it was easier to like run away we lived if on you were gonna end. get caught yeah so i would have fucked your fucking shit up <laughs> oh you would have yes you're not currently and i i think if i go out on cabbage night now like i get like detained she's just trying to fool us all everybody because like police That's exactly used to, what somebody would say police used to drive around and like they would stop kids Oh. but they would ju- they would make sure you didn't have um eggs uh eggs or mm. it was eggs or something else they mostly eggs. On eggs at all of our grocery stores you could not buy more than a carton of eggs like whether you were an adult whether you were a kid any of it and i want to say that was at least a couple days if not a week leading up to like, yeah Mischief there Night. was yeah um which i'll i'll talk about in a bit but there's been uh different places that have curfews and and um they they won't sell certain things to kids in the days Mm -hmm. leading up to it just because people are going to use it um but another bad um mischief night incident in 1991 a record 133 fires involving structures vehicles trash and others uh thrust camden camden new jersey into national spotlight pranksters became arsonists in the craze going far beyond the classic methods of just hurling eggs more than 100 firefighters including some from surrounding towns and counties were staged in camden battling fires overnight set largely by teenagers in abandoned buildings Several shootings accompanied the fires, making firefighters on the scene, like, wary to even go and do anything. Yeah. Um, A report prepared following the historic incident stated, quote, quite often, as soon as one company completed an assignment, they were dispatched immediately to another, end quote. Uh, Mm -hmm. The fire forever changed how Camden saw the night, and even years later, the city continues to prepare to prevent another devastating reoccurrence. Um, I can say from experience, Camden is a uh, community that desperately needs help. Yeah. Uh, and it needs resources allocated to it. It mm-hmm. is um, not a place you're going to go and vacation. Yeah. 
it's a it's it's a bad area but not for uh the people more for the lack of resources and the lack of uh attention being paid to it Mm. um but like i mentioned earlier each year police departments across the state denounce a no tolerance policy on mischief along with curfews i know my town had a 9 p.m curfew um some have added officers to their staff while others have tried to lure kids away from pranks keeping them busy with free movies and bowling nights and other like like we had mentioned earlier they would have halloween parties and stuff yep um in an effort to bring back the night's glory days some have consented to mischief with predetermined neighbors leading to nights of friendly fire even if the suspense has left something to be desired so Mm -hmm. i know when i was like little little they would be like okay you can tp like this house or this house like specifically (laughs) because it was like a friend's house and you weren't gonna get in trouble that's cute see i like i like that because part of me like when i was a kid and like even now like i that was the part i was like the property damage issue tping tping is not a damage and yeah. like my me and my friends were always more like we would teepee for a bit we would spray like um uh the shaving, shaving cream, cream but not on cars not yeah. on not on, not on buildings away yeah 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 um and you know and then we'd end up you know just spraying each other with shaving cream and like yeah just like attacking each other and like finding other groups and like seeing what they were doing and stuff so it just turned into a night of just like running around <laughs> It was fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. Um, but there are some pop culture references to the night, even though it is not uh, more widely known. There is a movie called The Night Before Halloween. came out in 2016. It uh, doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes score, but the audience score is 24% and is 4.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And the description is, on the night before Halloween, 17-year-old Megan and her group of friends are conned into taking part in a prank that accidentally lands their friend Beth in a coma. What Megan and the others don't realize is that their new friend Kyle was intentionally trying to rid himself of the curse of the carver, a curse that kills you the night before Halloween unless you trick someone into killing another person. Oh my god. Yeah, right? One year later, Megan and her friends are brought back together and they must fight for their lives against the curse of the carver. So not specifically like a mischief night thing but like definitely like the 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 calm before the storm of halloween yeah the kind of same vibes the spooky leading up to the spooky finale exactly and this movie stars bailey madison who was oh. in yeah right she was in bridge terabithia don't be afraid of the dark just go with it house svu pretty little liars original sin um she was in like all of those like procedural shows like the cis Mm -hmm. and like all those things she's been on she's been in like literally like everything like she's just one of those kids like mckenna graces now exactly yeah um some other names did i didn't really recognize anthony lepke uh justin kelly jameel french uh kanaya madeira i think is how you say her name she's in the fear street trilogy um really loved her uh natalie gazhorn who was in scary stories to tell in the dark okay the most recent one um another movie came out in 2013 is called mischief night it doesn't have a rotten tomato score but the audience score is 27 percent google score 59 percent and 4.6 out of 10 on imdb and the description is emily walton is a young woman 
with psychosomatic blindness caused by a car accident that killed her mother. Emily is trying to adjust to her blindness at the same time as being smothered by her father. A mischief night when her father goes out on a date, leaving her alone, she is terrorized by a hooded figure. Emily must fight for her life in order to survive and protect herself and everyone she holds dear from the intruder. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, in the cast is Allie Walker, who was, again, in all of those uh, procedural ones, Law & Order, CSI, ER. Uh, she was in Singles and While You Were Sleeping. Oh, okay. Um, Richard Ryle, R-E-R-I-E-H-L-E. Real? Real? He Maybe, was in because Michael knew somebody whose name I think was spelt that way. Yes. He's been in, like, you'll see his face and you'll like, be like, oh, I know him from something. Um, so he's been in a million things, but um, kind of pertaining to us, he was in the Laramie Project, oh. which talks about um, uh, uh, Matthew Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Of Mice and Men, Glory. He was in Free Willy. Aww. And he's been a guest star in like just about everything. Literally, his his credits are like a mile long. He's the male Margot Martindale. Yes. Um, Charlie O'Connell's also in this. He was in Dude, oh. Where's My Car? He, so. He, he's married to Rebecca Romaine. Oh, perfect. Like, he's literally the, the chubby little kid in Stand By Me, Hale. No, not Jerry O'Connell. This is oh. Charlie O'Connell. Oh, yeah, that's not. He's probably the brother. Maybe. There's more O'Connells. Not everyone named O'Connell is the same person. I know, but like, um, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Erica Learson, who was in Wrong Turn 2, Blair Witch 2. I just Googled. He is the younger brother of Jerry O'Connell, so I'm not completely off. Okay, fine. Um, anyway. And she, yeah, uh, Erica Learson apparently is in all of the uh, sequels to horror movies. Wrong Turn 2, Blair Witch 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake of 2003. Mm. Uh, Daniel Hugh Kelly was in the Tuskegee Airmen, Cujo, and the Monkey's Paw. Uh, Stephanie Erb, who was a guest star on a million things, including Parks and Rec, Weeds, Monk, House, Girl Meets World. Damn. Um, and a little one, um, a little piece of trivia that I found is Eric Wilkinson and Jesse Baggett who came up with the story are New Jersey natives and they were big fans of the holiday. So that's why they wrote a movie about mischief night, which is nice. just fun. Yeah, that's good. There is another mischief night movie oh that came gosh. out in 2014, the year later, um, also called mischief night audience score, 23% Google score, 57% IMDB 4.6 out of 10. They were so similar in scores. I thought they were the same movie, but they are not <laughs> this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a uh, troubling sounding the night uh -uh. before Halloween, a teenage babysitter is stalked by a mass killer, but in an unusual turn of events, victim and victimizer begin to develop romantic feelings for each other. Mm. No, uh, mm -mm. no, thank no, no, no. no, no, thank mm -mm. Yeah. Um, in this movie, Malcolm McDowell, <gasps> Yeah, who's in Malcolm McDowell. another one that's in everything, um, but horror movie related is in obviously A Clockwork Orange, the Cat People remake. The original Cat People is fucking fantastic. Never seen the remake. Rob Zombie's Halloween remake, Silent Hill Revelation. But also what I think I recognized him from uh, first was he's the principal in Easy A. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> just because I've seen Easy A yeah. so many times that I'm yep. just like, okay. It's a great movie. And you know what? His daughter is also in this movie, Lily McDowell. Oh. Um, Brooke Ann Smith is in this movie. She was in Max Keeble's Big Move. Do you remember that Loved movie? Loved Max Keeble's Big Move. It was excellent. Um, Matt Angel is in this movie, who was in The Funhouse Massacre. Uh, Eric Palladino is in this, was in Buried, that movie with um, uh, Ryan Reynolds that he was buried alive. Oh. Um, Can't Hardly Wait she's in. And she's mm-hmm. a guest star in all the usual places, like name a CSI and stuff. Yeah. She was in it. Um, other names I didn't recognize, Mark Valera, Nikki Limo, and Braxton Davis. Those are names. Those are names. Um, in 20, 2006, guess what? There's another movie. You know what it's called? Mischief Night Again. <laughs> this movie, do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score? 3.2. No, 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 no. Huh? It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but with five reviews. And it's all five people who worked on the production. I guess. It's, it's got I'm an audience, it. audience score of 65%, Google score of 85%, and a 6.5 out of IMDb. Uh, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. This is wait, the wait, most wait. You said it was a 100% Rotten Tomatoes score, though. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait. This is a comedy, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is the, uh, the I, I said earlier, I had a, a, a pop culture reference to the British version of Mischief mm-hmm, Night. Mm-hmm. That is this movie. Uh, okay. All so right. the description is, a white and Asian family crisscross a racially divided estate amidst the chaos of Mischief Night when local kids run wild. So in this cast is uh, Kasim Akhtar, I think is how you say it, uh, James Foster, Kelly Hollis, and they are all from the British Shameless, the original oh, Shameless. okay. Um, apparently this is, um, the third installment of something called the Tina trilogy, which follows Tina goes shopping from 1999 and Tina takes a break in 2001. However, unlike the previous two channel Four films, mischief night broadens the scope to consider a wider community that Tina lives in and addresses issues such as racial segregation. Good. Yeah. Again, from 2006, I don't know how progressive it is, but sure. Um, the 1994 film The Crow, the protagonist mm-hmm. and his fiance are murdered on the eve of their Halloween wedding on Devil's on, Night. Yeah. Yes. I didn't even think. Uh, By a street gang on the orders of Detroit's most notorious crime lord, Top Dollar. With the help of the mystical crow, Eric returns from the grave on Devil's Night one year later to exact revenge on the crime lord and his henchmen. R.I.P. Brandon Lee. R.I.P. Brandon Lee. Um, the 1997 film Gross Point Blank, uh, Minnie Driver, who plays Debbie, refers to the reason why she is living with her father is because her apartment was burned on Devil's Night. Oh. Yeah. This is, there's a lot of pop culture references there to is. this for a, a thing that 70% of Americans do not know about. Exactly. And my sister's ears are ringing because the 1999 <laughs> episode of Rocket Power explores the <gasps> joys of mischief night in the episode Felix. the night before. <laughs> Sorry. He also had a very strong reaction to Rocket Power because who Rocket wouldn't? Power's great. It um, was excellent. Uh season six, episode five of Orange is the New Black. The main characters are subjected mm-hmm. to pranks throughout the episode because of Mischief Night. Um season one, episode four of Are You Afraid of the Dark is the tale of the Twisted Claw, and it opens on Mischief Night, and that plays an important role throughout the plot of the episode. 
Devil's Night is the title of the sixth episode of the sixth season of Criminal Minds. In the episode, the FBI's behavioral analyst unit is called to Detroit to help catch a serial killer who burns people alive once a year on the days leading up to Devil's Night. Devil's Night is also the title for the second episode of the third season of Scream, and the events take place on the night before Halloween. Okay. And there is an episode of Flint Town called Devil's Night, and it focuses on arson in Flint, Michigan. Mm. And uh, they don't have enough. Yeah, right. There's actually also a couple of music references, which I did not know about. Specifically Devil's Night, not so much Mischief Night. But in 1993, underground Detroit rapper Esam, E-S-H-A-M, released a song called Devil's Night about arson and mayhem around the city. Detroit hip-hop group and um, Eminem-fronted group, D12, their 2001 debut album is titled Devil's Night and also features a song um, on the album called Devil's Night. Um, Devil's Night is the title song from the uh, band Motionless in White's famous um, uh, album Infamous. Don't you mean their infamous album then? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, <laughs> that's the sound of Haley being done with me y'all uh, <laughs> multiple underground rappers came together every year from 2003 to 2009 to make Halloween themed albums called Devil's Night Devils with a Z Night spelled N-I-T-E oh cute I like that that's fun yeah I like a mashup group exactly yeah and uh, that is all my info if you celebrated mischief. Mischief Night, Cabbage Night, Matt Night, Goosey Night. Devil's Night. Gooseys. Gooseys. Uh, if you celebrated this, um, tell me how and what did you call it? Yeah. Um, if I can find it, I definitely have photos of us uh, causing destruction on Cabbage <laughs> Night. So maybe if I hate myself enough, I will post one of them. And I could post a photo of my childhood bedroom. Yeah. Because that's what I was doing. Yeah. Just sitting by myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You and me, we may have to go out. One last, one last hurrah. One last mischief night. All the kids will be like, who the fuck are these old biddies? But it's fine. I work for... Uh, a living. A t- yeah, well, yeah. I also work <laughs> for, like, a town that is, I live close to. So I don't know if... It's almost uh, like... We did a whole episode on costumes. This is a cop-out. This is a cop-out. What do you mean? Costumes is a whole different thing. Yeah, we put on costumes. They're not going to know. I think they'll know. I. Nobody's going to know. All right. How fine. would they know? Um, worst comes to worst, you come to me. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll do it in California. See, no one gives obviously. a fuck there. We'll go to Shacktoberfest. It'll be great. It's lawless there. It is. Um, There's a Shacktoberfest. Like, Shack. Yeah. Like, Aaron Carter beat him in basketball, Shack. He has his own Halloween festival right now, and I desperately want to go. <laughs> cool, let's do it. Um, but you can find us on our website. It is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You're definitely going to want to find us on our Instagram because right now we have a poll live um, for you to vote for what movie we are going to watch on Halloween. This is the last op- the last chance you have to vote. I believe the movie in the lead right now is... Night of the Living Dead? 
Okay. Possibly. I think so. But, that sounds right to me. I'm looking at the poll right now. Yeah, last and yes, time you, it is. Okay. That's so what's in the lead right now. It, that's what's in the lead right now. But you also have the option to vote for Last House on the Left, The Most Dangerous Game, and Nosferatu. Or, or Night of the Living Dead again. Or Night of the Living Dead again. Yeah. Like you can just keep. And we've gotten this question a couple of times. So I also, that's, thank you for bringing it up, Hale. Um, we've gotten some requests to do other movies in the future. Our only parameters are that they have to be public domain movies or else we will get our asses nailed to the wall yeah we can't (laughs) we can't like stream a movie that is not public domain what we could do is watch a movie that is not public domain but we would have to just post like it would be watching us watching the movie it would yeah it would just be us and then we would have like the uh the time stamp of where we are in the movie so you'd have to go find the movie yourself we cannot yeah. provide the movie to you yes so that could be an option in the future but just so everyone can watch the movie with us we can have it on screen with us it's got to be a public domain movie and these four options are so um please join us on our twitch on halloween um we are going to go live at 10 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 p.m. Pacific. Pacific, yes. You got it. Uh, if you are in not one of those time frames, do the conversion yourself because I had too much trouble even figuring out what it was Pacific. Haley thought um, that we were two hours apart the other day. Yes. For fuck it. A, a longer amount of time than she probably should have given that I'm we've not been doing good. this for how many years? I'm not good with the time difference. That's fine. That's fine. You know, if you come out here, two birds, one stone, three birds if we count Shaq. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's on Twitch. We're at Crime Culture, I think, on Twitch. We'll post links on our social medias and stuff. So yeah. find us one place, find it. Oh, our it'll probably be in our link tree. Yeah. In the profile. It will definitely on- be on the link tree. Our Twitch I, profile is on our link tree. Okay, So perfect. you can also follow us and you should get an alert when we go live. Yes, uh, we'll probably show some old timey um, uh, commercials mm-hmm. beforehand, um, just to prep ourselves up. But uh, we're going to try to be in costume, I think. So if you can be in costume, then maybe do it. We won't see you, but we'll know in spirit. We'll know. And we're also we'll know. We're also going to open our uh, Secret Satan uh, gifts. Yeah. If you are part of our Secret Satan gift exchange and you have not sent us your shipping information yet, tracking do so. Information. Tracking information, yes. Uh, do so immediately. I think I'm still waiting on three people. Um, Haley's just this is this is her baby. This I is just, my babe. I just do what she tells me. I sent mine out the other day. I think it should arrive probably by this weekend, and I just received mine this past week. So I, I have not also opened it. Received mine. Yes. I opened it thinking that it was for my job. And then I saw a card and I went, there is no way my job sent me a card. So I closed it back the fuck up. (laughs) I have mine uh, sitting next to my desk in anticipation and I'm very excited. So we will be doing that on the stream. We'll probably take a little break at some point on our our movie watching. Um, So join us. And uh, like we mentioned last episode, we have an announcement that we will announce at the end of the stream. 
uh something podcast related something community related so and it's exciting and it is exciting you're gonna want to know yeah so join us on halloween 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific whatever time you are on do at it. your time at your time and i think that's all i have to say that's all i gotta say what's right. the worst that we could say yeah yeah. And we will see you for the last episode of Spooktober on Thursday. Bye. Bye.